Welcome to Down in the Den. I'm your boy Mars, and wow, WandaVision just keeps getting better, creepier, and scarier each and every episode. And I really feel we are very, very close to seeing this whole thing blow open. So before I go over the recap, I'm just going to go ahead and give it a review. Uh, This episode continued the trend of Blend going back and forth from sitcom to the real world, but it focused more on the sitcom tropes. On this particular episode, a little bit more than I would have liked, so I did not like it as much as I liked episode four and five, but I still liked it more than I liked episode one and two, if that makes sense. So still an excellent episode. But it actually gave me more questions than answered. With only three episodes left, I am more confused than I probably have ever been in the six episodes thus far. So let's just get right into the rating. Uh, I am going to give it four out of five stars. Uh, Like I said, I really, really enjoyed this episode. I prefer more of the real world setting or at least a nice 50-50 split. And I feel this was more 60-40. But uh, yeah, as far as rating, four out of five stars, highly recommend it. And uh, now let's just get into the recap. So now that I've given my rating and a four or five, four out of five, clearly still an excellent, excellent episode It definitely asked more questions than it answered, but the winks to the camera and the uh, hints and the setup for the future, if you really paid attention, I had to watch it three times. I watched it twice at 3 a.m. when it debuted here on the East Coast. I watched it immediately after, and then when I woke up in the morning Friday, I watched it again. So I'm just going to go over some of the winks and hints and some of the answers that were answered chronologically as they went along from the show. We're going to recap it that way. So number one, the theme song. Every theme song is really kind of giving you some insight on what's going on in that particular episode. And this one is no different. A line in the theme song that really stuck out too, actually. One, if it's all an illusion... Let's just enjoy. And two, you never know who's going to come and play. So uh, that shows that everything is on the table. Not only Quicksilver, everything and everyone is on the table. Uh, Number two, one thing I noticed, uh, Billy's personality. Billy is Wiccan. Uh, In the comic book, uh, Billy is gay and he is in a relationship with Hawkling, which we know will in one of the remaining episodes, 
debut. We know that for a fact. And you can definitely see the difference in the character. The young actor is fantastic. Uh, but I definitely, there was a Easter egg in a previous episode where they had the rainbow drawing. And I definitely think they're going to honor that. And that's great. You know, I'm all about inclusivity. And uh, I definitely feel Billy's going to be just like his counterpart. Uh, Quicksilver Powers, I notice are more like the MCU, which is a shame because I really love the amount of power that he was given in the Fox X-Men universe. There wasn't a lot of redeeming qualities about those X-Men movies, but the way that they did Quicksilver, it was more in line with the Flash, uh, where time essentially stops, and that animation was so awesome, and I would have loved to seen that here. This is more like the MCU version, where he's fast, but not running back in time fast. He's, you know, more like a blur, but he's not you know, running at the speed of light, maybe breaking the sound barrier, but definitely not running at the speed of light. Um, another aspect that I noticed when they were having a little flashback, and this episode was very much like Malcolm in the Middle to me. It gave me a Malcolm in the Middle vibe, uh, but they also did the flashbacks or, or cutback gags that you see on shows like Family Guy, where they do the cutback gag, and they cut back to a Halloween of Sokovia where they were given fish to share. It just shows how uh, horrible their childhood really was in that war-torn country. And one thing that they mentioned uh, was, you know, how bad that Halloween was. And Wanda mentions, oh, I, I don't quite remember it being like that. And a, just a little off-the-cuff remark from Quicksilver Pietro. He says, oh, you know, you probably suppressed the trauma. That was definitely done in purpose. It's establishing that Wanda has had a history since she was a little girl of trying to suppress trauma. Um, they come down in their costumes. They're in their comic accurate costumes. Wanda is a Sokovian fortune teller. Uh, it's very cool. Vision comes down in his comic accurate costume. But he's apparently a Mexican Lucha Libre wrestler. So that's why they're dressed like they are, but he's clearly, clearly playing along, but he knows something is wrong, and his whole goal is to get out the house, get away from Wanda, and do as much investigation as he can, so he goes under the guise, there's a moment where she says, thank you for wearing this ridiculous costume, Vision deadpans, well, it was the only outfit in my costume the closet, which probably makes sense. Wanda's in control, so she's going to make sure that he dresses how she wants him. And then he goes right back into the sitcom. Oh, it's great. This is to make sure that Wanda's not alarmed because Vision is definitely aware something's up. And he says, hey, I'm going on patrol. I won't be able to go trick-or-treating with you guys. Wanda's upset because, number one, it's the first Halloween for the twins. Number two, that's not what she wanted in her script, and she almost slipped. She says, that's not supposed to, and he kind of gives her a what? Kind of gives her that Ike Turner face, like that Ike Turner mime, like, I'm not supposed to what? And she changes it to, well, oh, you didn't tell me that you had changed your plans. And he lets her know, well, now I have. And he gives her a kiss and, and pretty much out the door. One thing that I noticed, another wink in this episode, it's filled with Easter eggs and winks. Quicksilver Pietro steps up and says, hey, they need a father figure. I have the 
XY chromosome. Now, we all know the XY chromosome is what makes males males, but it's also a focus on that X gene. If you pay attention, he's a mutant. She's a mutant. He has that X gene. We then go into the real world reality. We leave WandaVision and we cut back to where we left off with all of Hayward, S.H.I.E.L.D. coming back in. They have the weaponized drone that they tried to use to attach, uh, attack uh, Wanda. He orders a workup on that and he gets in a huge spat with Monica Wu and Darcy. Darcy pretty much makes a joke and says, oh, look, the guy whose murder squad almost murdered him, which you could tell irritated him. And he asks, do you work for me? She doesn't even know if she works with him. Monica vouches for her, and they get into a huge argument. And he pretty much tells her, hey, you don't have the stomach for this. All you people that were blipped, you have optimism. You don't know how hard it was to keep the lights on while you were gone. If we killed Wanda, this nightmare ends. Once again, I believe that's another hint, nightmare. While I don't believe the ultimate bit bad would be Hayward, I wouldn't be surprised if he was either possessed by nightmare or nightmare himself. But he mentions the nightmare ends if they kill Wanda. Um he kits him off the base and says, hey, you know what? You guys are fired, essentially. So he kits him off the sword base. As they're walking out, Wanda, I'm sorry, uh, Monica, Wu, and Darcy, as they're walking out, apparently these sword agents, just like the shield agents, they don't really know standard hand-to-hand combat. you think they would have took them out in zip ties or something, but nope, they just kind of guided them. And of course, Agent Wu and Monica dismantles them, takes their costumes, and Darcy's just standing there like, holy shit, you didn't tell me the plan. And uh, they say, hey, we're going to hotwire a car. We're going to go ahead and, you know, try to circumvent what Hayward's doing. She also mentions that her guy, the person that's going to build this vehicle to get into the hat safely, is here and they're going to meet up with him in an hour. I was holding hopes that we would see who that person was in this episode, but I'm really thinking we may not even see them until the penultimate episode. So we'll see who this person is. We know from the foreign language that it's supposed to be a female. So a lot of people were speculating that this person would be Reed Richards. I definitely don't think it's Reed Richards. I definitely think it's a female. Her saying my guy is just kind of like a red herring to throw you off track. Um, So there's some theories on who that person could be. Um, I've heard speculation of possibly being Shuri, which I would think would be excellent, but she's not really an astrophysicist. Uh, Shuri is just a genius, an ultimate genius and scientist more like a Q from James Bond than an astrophysicist. So I don't think it's Shuri, not to mention Shuri was one of the people who were blipped. So if she was blipped and this is roughly nine, 10 days after the blip, I think she would be more likely at this time trying to establish Wakanda. Since if you think about it, we know T'Challa was gone. We know Shuri was gone. There was definitely a vacuum in leadership, and that's never been mentioned 
on what was going on in those five years when you had no royal family. We may have had the queen mother. I don't think it was clear if the queen mother had been snapped. So maybe she was in charge while uh, T'Challa and Shuri was gone. Uh, It may have been Okoye, but I still think she would have been defending the country. So I don't think it's Shuri. So if you go down the Rolodex of potential Marvel characters, and I definitely think this is going to be someone that debuts, that plays a big role in the future. Um, Sue Storm definitely could be who it is. Uh, She is female. She would be in the Fantastic Four. And I wouldn't be surprised if we, we, we know Fantastic Four is a lot further along than we thought. It's got a director. It's got a logo. Marvel keeps a lot of things close to the vest, especially with the pandemic. So I wouldn't be surprised if not all some of the characters for the Fantastic Four has already been cast. And what a great way to sprinkle them individually, even though they're always looked at as a unit, as a family. It makes sense that they would be working with S.W.O.R.D. It would make sense that she was an astrophysicist. And so it definitely could be Sue Storm. Uh, That is one of my speculations. Um, It could be another character uh, like Jane Foster, although she wasn't more, she wasn't really uh, an engineer. She was more of an astrophysicist, but it could possibly be Jane Foster. Uh, That's really all I have right now. But, you know, let me know who you think in the comments who this person can be. But anyway, I digress. So uh, we cut back to the Halloween uh, episode of WandaVision. We cut back and everything's actually going pretty well for Wanda and Pietro and the twins. You know, they are uh, having a great time. and, And another thing that I noticed, another hint, another wink at the camera uh, they say, hey, mom, can we go? I hear they're giving candy out. And uh, Pietro says, hey, run wild, demon spawn. Now, I don't know if this was tongue in cheek, but if you know anything about the comic books, the twins, Billy and Tommy, are actually shards of the soul of the king of hell, Mephisto. So by him calling them demon spawn in the comic book, they literally are demon spawn. So they run off to trick-or-treat and they start to have a heart to heart and you can tell Wanda still doesn't know what's going on as far as Quicksilver is concerned he appears to have all his powers he appears to have all his memories the flashback uh, of when they were young trick-or-treat improves that and he even knows that he does not look like the Aaron Taylor Johnson Quicksilver and he says hey look it's me I know I look different but it's me. And she even asked, hey, why don't why do you look different? Why don't you look like the Aaron Taylor Johnson uh, version of Quicksilver? And he says, I don't know. You tell me this is your dream. This is your vision of reality. And he kind of gives a little, you know, maybe you didn't want to see that face to bring that trauma back. So he kind of breaks it off a tongue in cheek. You know, maybe that's the case. But I do not think this is a case where he just happens to look like the Fox version of Quicksilver. I believe this is a case where her reality warp and powers, she wanted her brother, she needed her brother. And with him being deceased, and, you know, if you think about it, 
He died in, what, 2014? So he's been dead for almost nine years. We know she can't resurrect the actual uh, body. We know that. So I literally feel his body was plucked from the time stream, the space and time stream, and implanted with her brother's soul or essence and memories. So he's now a blended version. He still has the body of the previous uh, Quicksilver from the Fox universe, but he has all the abilities, memories, and soul of the MCU. So he's now like an omegation of the two characters. So I think this is going to play into other uh, aspects as we see go along on the way that they're going to be able to bring back um, some of these characters that have deceased with different actors but essentially keep all the same history. I wish they even did something to acknowledge that Rhodey is not the original Rhodey and Hulk is not the original Hulk. That would be so awesome if they said, you know, hey uh, we've been doing this on low for years, we switched, and no one even noticed. But you know, they probably won't go there. But it, it would be awesome, uh, even with uh, Cassie, uh, Cassie Lang, with a new actor. That could be a reason. But you know, I don't think they're going to do that. Um, but he kind of mentions, "Hey, you, you wouldn't if I had my new Shangri La, my own personal paradise. I wouldn't want to be reminded of the past either." Uh, and then he says something about kick ass, another wink in the camera. She says, hmm, kick ass. Well, if anyone has seen that movie, both Evan Peters and Aaron Taylor Johnson were in the movie Quick, uh, Kick Ass and played best friends. And now they both played a different version of Quicksilver. So just a little Easter egg, kind of tongue in cheek. Um, she runs into Herb, who has a hilarious 90s flat top. And he's on Neighborhood Watch. And she asks how everything's going. He's like, ah, pretty lame. And then he starts getting the updates over his comm that all the candy's been stolen, all the pumpkins have been destroyed, everyone's been silly string. And as we can see behind him, Quicksilver and the twins are just zipping through town, causing a bunch of chaos. And it's hilarious. So um, she says, well, maybe I can get Vision to help you. And Herb says, uh... Vision isn't on patrol today, and Wanda's a little suspicious. And then Herb, once again, do you want us to change something? So it definitely shows that Herb is certainly alert of what's going on, and maybe, you know, his life in this reality is actually better. Um, that, that could possibly be the case. So we cut now to Vision, who's exploring the town, and we notice the further and further he gets away from the epicenter of Wanda, the further he gets away, we notice people are in these strange loops. We see the woman that was hanging up clothes uh, in the trailer with a tear coming down her eye. Like, the further away, the weaker the powers are. So Wanda wasn't really able to give them a subplot. Um, so they're just kind of like Sims on base commands, just in little loops. Uh, and then we get to the commercial. Uh, every episode, except episode four, has had a commercial. Now, the first commercial was the blinking, uh, I believe it was a toaster oven, which was representative of the bomb from Stark 
industries that almost killed uh, Pietro and Wanda when they were young. The second commercial was the uh, Hydra soap uh, that was shaped like the Tesseract. The third was Lagos, I believe, uh, which was a reference to her trauma from Civil War where she accidentally killed a bunch of Lagos uh, citizens trying to save Captain America from the explosion uh, caused by crossbones. And now this one uh, we see, and I'm sure I'm missing a commercial, and there's been tons of theories of the commercial. This one we see, you know, the kid abandoned is so 90s. It's very awesome. He comes up with Yo Magic Yogurt, and we remember all the Go-Gurt commercials from the 90s, us 90s babies, and uh, very cool. But I don't really know what this trauma was, but I know it's kind of weird. The kid, the shark comes out and says, hey, here's the magic but because the kid can't open it, he actually starves. So I, this is the first one where I haven't been clear on what the commercial is referencing. So if you guys have theories, let me know. Um, the twins, uh, from there, uh, we see a little heart-to-heart between Pietro and Wanda. And they're just talking about, you know, hey, this town is awesome. Mom and Dad would have loved it. And... You know, he says, hey, I'm just here to cause a little friction between your spouse and ultimately give you grief. Grief has been a reoccurring theme in this series. And I really think that, you know, hey, him saying I'm here to bring you grief, he's not lying. Um, She has a moment where she, similar to Vision, where she kind of blinked in reality and she sees the shot up corpse version of Quicksilver. And one detail that I forgot to bring up during the recap, it was so cool that they actually showed the Aaron Taylor Johnson version of Quicksilver being shot. So this is by all means, no plan to just kind of recast. This is definitely a point being made that this is the X-Men version. Um, from there, uh, we, see them walking back from the theater or walking by the theater and if you notice in the background on the marquee you see the Incredibles and Parent Trap so that kind of gives you an idea of the time train, uh, time frame uh, of this 90's episode and it's, it, it's very uh, awesome that Parent Trap which was a movie all about twins and then you have Wanda having twins and then uh, Wanda being a twin herself and I guess that means Disney is in Pixar is this because the Incredibles uh, is, I believe, a Pixar movie. Um, so that was very cool to see that that was on the backdrop. And the Incredibles, the movie actually happened in 2004. So this may not be a 90s episode because their first Incredibles came out in 2004. So if that's the case then I guess we just skipped the 90s, and now we're in 2004, which which makes a little bit more sense. So um, they are coming from the movies, and we from there, we cut back to, well, actually, another neat moment. 
because she still doesn't believe that this is her Pietro. You can tell she knows that, you know, he knows everything, everything is in line, but something isn't right, something's off. And she asks him, hey, what happened to your accent? And he replies, what happened to yours? And she has no answer for him. Um, So he says, hey, you know, details are fuzzy. The last thing I remember is being shot in the street like a chump, and I heard you calling me, and I know I needed to come to you. So I think that is, once again, the merger. The details are fuzzy because you're merging two Quicksilver psyche into one body. And that's why everything was merging. And things are fuzzy for him. Uh, We see uh, Newt. We cut back to Billy and Tommy. And um, Tommy says, hey, there's full-size candy bars over on such-and-such street. And his powers manifest. He zooms in and... And Pietro is so stoked. He's like, all right, you're a chip off the old Maximoff block. You've got super speed. And he's like, I do? He was like, yeah, you do. So she tells him, hey, if you're going to break the sound barrier, take your brother with you. And Billy and Tommy run off super speed. She tells him, do not go past Ellis Avenue. And before she even tells him, the kids say, we know, don't go past Ellis Avenue. So obviously in the backdrop, and they've already explained that there are episodes of WandaVision going on that we don't see. She's already set this rule. You do not go past Ellis Avenue. We cut back to the real world. We see that Hayward has been tracking Vision using his vibranium decay as a way to track what's going on, so he definitely knows more than he was letting on. And Wanda and, I'm sorry, uh, Darcy and Wu notice that the people on the edge of town are barely moving. Wu even says something to the fact, like, are they dead? But it shows that as her powers are, the further away you are from the hex, the less control that she has. So they're barely under control. They have base commands and really nothing else. In other words, they're extras. They don't have speaking parts in her sitcom fantasy. So we see Vision. He's going around the town. He's noticing people are not uh, moving. And so he goes back into his true form. He flies into the air and he just kind of listens and looks across the entire town. And from there, he notices a car. And who's in the car? Agnes. And we see from the trailer, she's in her witch costume. And I don't believe Agnes one bit. I don't think anyone had ever suspected that she was innocent. But this episode, if you weren't paying attention, you would think, oh, she's not the big bad. And while I never thought she was the big bad, she's definitely involved. If you notice, the other people who were barely under Wanda control in the same area, they couldn't even speak. They were just on the loop with basic functions to keep them alive. Vision comes up to Agnes, what are you doing here? Number one, she's driving. So if she was really under the spell like the other people in town that were on that loop, she wouldn't have been able to get in the car and drive. She's the only car in the road. That's strike one against you, Agnes. Strike two, the other people can't talk. When Vision starts to talk to them, she kind of gives the, I am going into... Uh, where is the town square? 
I'm trying to go to the Halloween event at the Times Square. And Vision kind of lets her know, hey, it would be in the Times Square. But if she was truly under the control, she wouldn't be able to talk. She clearly talks. So Vision does this little zap thing. And if she pretends to snap out, it's clearly pretending. And she goes, oh, 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 my God, you're you're one of the Avengers. Are you here to help me? And your vision, your vision, you're, are you here to help me? And Vision says, yes, yes, I am Vision, and I do want to help, but who are the Avengers? So we know from the previous episode, Vision says he only remembers Westview. He doesn't remember anything before Westview. He just remembers Westview. And then she says, oh, my God, am I dead? We've seen this in the trailer. And then she goes, because you are. And then with clever editing, they made it seem like she gave the evil cackle uh, there, which she doesn't. And then instead, she just goes, dead, 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 dead. This is clearly by design. Atnes is here to bring hostility between Vision and Wanda. And I think her ultimate goal is to have Wanda snap so they can really just rewrite the whole world in whatever method they want. So Vision snaps her back to keep her from going crazy, and she just turns around, and her job here is done. Uh, from there, a- another thing I noticed, she says this is the first time that Wanda's been named in previous episodes they would say she won't, which, you know, alleged to believe it could be many people. But she's, she's clearly says, oh, no, Wanda won't let them leave because Vision tells her, hey, I'm here to help you guys. And she's like, how? Wanda won't even let us think about leaving. And once again, I, I think this is Agnes setting up Wanda for the fall when, when it definitely isn't Wanda. That's 100% control. Uh, we go back into the real world and... Uh, Wanda gets, uh, I keep calling her Wanda, but Monica gets a text that her guy is is an hour away and, and she's going to meet them. And they're about to hotwire a vehicle. And Jimmy Woo says, hey, I'm great at hotwiring. They're about to hotwire a vehicle and, and go and meet her, her person. Uh, but Darcy says, hey, I'm going to stay here. I'm hacking into... Uh, Hayward's information. He's got some goodies in here. He has a lot of information that uh, I need to get to. And then she also lets Monica know, you cannot go back into the hex. And she gets the full access of Monica's blood work. And she tells her, your cells are changing from the exposure. You've been exposed twice. Once going into the hex, Secondly, getting forcefully blown out of the hats that CMBR radiation is changing her. So we know that this third exposure, which ultimately is going to happen, is going to be what triggers Monica get, getting her powers for sure. Um, we cut back into the WandaVision universe, her sitcom universe. And there's still Quicksilver and and Wanda are having their conversation, and he he starts to bring up some notes. You know, he knows what's going on. He knows that she's created this reality, and 
he commends her for it. He says, hey, this is impressive what you've done. And he tells her, where were you hiding all the kids all this time? Because if you remember all the previous episodes, the only kids we saw were Tommy and Billy. And he lets the audience know, oh, you must have been keeping them in their bed, sleep all this time. No need of putting unnecessary trauma on little kids. You always were the compassionate twin. So that's the answer to where all the kids. Apparently there were kids in the town, tons of them, but they were all asleep. So they wouldn't have to go through this trauma that the adults are having. But, you know, Quicksilver, once again, he says, hey, you kept the families together. You gave some of the people better jobs, better haircuts. He thinks what she's doing is awesome. And he even asked her, how are you doing this? He was like, before, all you could do was give people nightmares. Once again, another hint, nightmare. And, you know, make red wiggly fingers. He was like, now you're warping reality. How, how are you doing this? And Wanda says, you know, she doesn't know. And I, I don't know anymore. I used to think she really doesn't know. But she kind of says, I don't know. I just remember being in nothingness and feeling empty and being alone. And she looks up and that's where she sees zombie Pietro with the bullet wounds. And uh, then we cut back to Vision. Vision has walked to the edge of Westview and he's gotten to the edge of the hats and he, he attempts to go through the wall. And from there, because uh, Hayward had been tracking, all of the sword troops were there ready for the breach, including Darcy, who sneaks up behind and, and can see that Vision is attempting to cross through. And, and Hayward even says something like, wow, he really wants out. And he attempts to break through the barrier, but before he can get through, he falls to the knees and one of the questions that we all had an answer and a lot of people had theories to, we know that things she creates stay in the real world. Uh, we've seen the proof with the outfit that Monica had on when she was booted out of Wanda's reality. So there were theories, okay, this is how Vision can come back, but we got the answer to the question. Vision is dead to the dead to the dead, dead, dead. As soon as he breaches the bubble, he starts dying again for the third time. He starts falling apart. Pieces of him just start falling apart to reflect his actual reality. Last time we saw him in actual reality, he was on a, a table in sword headquarters, disassembled into a bunch of different pieces, and he goes back to that state. And that's when Darcy screams out, why aren't you helping him? And we kind of know the answer. We know that they were working on sentient weapons and they would love for him to go back into pieces so they can collect them and continue their experiments. This isn't about Wanda at all. This is all about vision. Vision is a super powerful weapon and we know that Swart wants this weapon. And now we see Billy's powers manifest. Earlier, Tommy's powers manifested with the super speed. But now we see Billy get his powers. As Vision is in pain, Billy can actually hear him. And he goes up to his, he 
one thing that was cool. We see Tommy zipping around town. Billy just kind of, with one hand, freezes him and says, Dad's in trouble. I can hear him. So Wanda says, you know, focus, focus, what's going on? And we see Billy kind of focus, and he says, there's soldiers around. Dad is dying. They think he's dying, I believe he says. And now one of the coolest, to me, parts of the episode, we see, we cut back to Darcy getting arrested. Hayward being the dick that he is, you know, he puts her in cuffs, chains her to the car. And then we cut, and then Pietro says, hey, you know, what are you wearing? It's not like your dead husband could die twice. Wanda doesn't like that, blast him. And then she goes full Scarlet Witch. Her eyes turn bright red, and she kind of just unleashes her power. And we see the hats growing exponentially because Vision can't live outside the hats. So in order to save him, she has to expand the barriers. If you remember in an earlier episode, Monica even said she kept this from spreading by putting up this barrier. So she spreads the barrier and we see it going quick, fast, and it's hilarious. We see soldiers running and stuff just getting converted into WandaVision, including one of the hilarious most hilarious parts to me. We see two sword agents running and their tent turns into a funhouse and they turn into the clowns they are. I literally snorted laughing at that. And we see Darcy say, oh crap, as she gets sucked into WandaVision. Wanda eyes, completely red, cut into credits. So while this episode had a lot more questions, uh, it did give a few answers. But there were a lot of Easter eggs. And what it did when I thought I had an old Roddy Piper quote, just when you think you have all the answers, we change all the questions. And that's what they have done on this episode. So like I said, I give it four out of five uh, just because there were a lot of questions and I ended up more confused. But I am so ready for next Thursday night at or Friday morning at 3 a.m., because it's getting crazier than I even anticipated. And, and Marvel has a hit on their hands. If they keep this up, there's a hint on a hit on their hands. And I really want to see where this goes and where everyone ends. Because it, it's awesome. It's just an awesome show. So that was my uh, recap and review of Episode 6 of WandaVision. As always... Please like, subscribe to the podcast. Um, This has been an incredible journey, and I can't wait to see where this ends. So once again, thank you for listening to Down in the Den, hashtag D-I-T-D. I am out, and as always, deuces.